Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. Actually, you know what? I'm going to, hmm, let's see. I'm trying to discern on the spot here. <laughs> I'm going to say a prayer, but I have this deliverance prayer book for use by the lady. And just in the moment, as I was launching into the program, something prompted me to say, pray from that book. Pray from that book. So this is, this is discernment, right? Trying to get a sense of prompting, a little, a little nudge on the inside. I wasn't looking at the book. I wasn't thinking about the book. I had this theme all set, ready to go. I, I've got topics. I've got an outline. And then this little nudge, this little nudge said to me, said to me, this little nudge, I quantified it as the Lord drawing my attention to that book, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Lady. And there was this sense of saying, pray this prayer. It was something that I talked about yesterday, this generational prayer, prayer for healing in the generations, uh, in the bloodlines. If you listened to that program, I was just saying how yesterday was something that, uh, we just don't get taught that. You know, priests don't get taught that in the seminary. Bishops aren't taught that. If anybody, any church leader, any church professional uh, working in a parish, any priest, any religious, any sister, uh, any bishop that knows about this stuff, it wasn't because of the class they took on it in the seminary <laughs> or in the formation program. They've had some, uh, some uh, person involved in... Uh, in spiritual matters, often connected to the charismatic renewal, that has seen this theme come forward, often healing ministries. And in the context of those healing ministries, this idea, this theme of healing of the generations has come out. So, um, you know, I don't mind sharing like this on the radio because this is this is life, right? So, hey, here's an example. That same idea of following the nudge a little nudge on the inside. So there's a house that I'm listing for sale. You, you know, I do this real estate work. Uh, it, it's what pays for my uh, for my family, my livelihood. And it also is a way that I'm helping families to find their place of refuge, right? And so helping, helping them to discern, helping walk with them and to discern, well, what's the right action for you to take right now? That That's an act of the spirit of counsel, one of the gifts of this. And often it's very difficult when you're immersed in a situation that's a bit overwhelming. You feel outnumbered, feel the forces right against you are so many and, and so diverse and so vast. It's like, Lord, how, how are we going to find our way through this and, and what are we to do? So I love um, being in touch with folks at those places in their lives, and it doesn't have to be that dramatic, but at those places in their lives to help them get clear, to pray with them and to help them get clear about what the Lord is doing for them. And interestingly, when I meet with them, it's often over Zoom, I'll, I'll pray at the beginning. I'll pray and I'll say, Lord, anything that is from you, may that be a seed sown in their hearts and minds. May it remain, take root, and blossom. And anything that happens in this conversation that is not from you, that would divert them from your purpose and plan for their lives right now, please, Lord, make them deaf to it, make them blind to it, and uproot that. May that, may that uh, part of the conversation, may that 
potential direction be uprooted and cast away from them. And so I, I pray that at the beginning of the conversations, so that as the conversation is unfolding, if we're moving into a certain direction, I would have a sensitivity, or they would have a sensitivity. Don't force it. This, this is all about trying to get a sense of what's the Lord doing, or what's the Lord opening up for you, and if you're going to find the grace to step into that. Right? So that whole sense of, of having a, someone who can help you get clear. Like, what's the Lord doing in your life? That's extremely valuable. That's extremely valuable. So um, today on the program, oh, by the way, I haven't even prayed yet. So I'm going to just sit with that deliverance prayers uh, prayer. Because when I got drawn to it and I just said, oh, I'm supposed to pray from that, the next little prompting that followed after it was, not yet. Not yet. And, and I had to try to sense, was that me feeling uncomfortable, leading with a pretty dramatic prayer? Or is that the Lord saying, no, I, I have my purposes, I have my timing for this prayer in the program, and you will know what it is, just keep walking with me through the prayer, through the program, and then you'll know, you'll have a sense of knowing. Okay, so what I'm bringing out loud to you right now is this idea of discernment, this idea of sensing the prompting of the Holy Spirit of the living God who lives within you, who is active, and who can move through you to be able to get that, that, uh, that sense of awareness and that sense of the ability to distinguish, is that from me? Is that from the Lord or one of his angels? Or is that from the devil? Or the devil using the promptings that come from the world, from the flesh, right? So that's, that's how we grow. Growing in the spiritual life, see the word spirit there? Isn't just growing in the life that involves the invisible parts of our lives, but no, it's growing in a deeper, more profound union with the Holy Spirit of God who dwells in our souls. And as we grow in union with the Spirit of Christ, we become more sensitive to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives and through our lives. You see, the Holy Spirit didn't simply come to dwell in our hearts transforming us into children of God, but that we would shine forth, we would radiate, we would go forth and move in this world as children of God, as members of the body of Christ, as the continuation of Christ on earth. That the Lord is going to move through you, and it's the Holy Spirit who moves you. And how do we, what has the church said in her tradition about how the Holy Spirit makes himself known? in our hearts, in our lives. You see it so prominent, the activity of the Holy Spirit in the Acts of the Apostles, where they spoke with such confidence about the Holy Spirit, and we agreed that here's what we were going to do. We're not going to move until the Holy Spirit comes and gives us direction. Right? That's why the Acts of the Apostles was also known in the early church as the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because who is the primary actor in the Acts of the Apostles? Well, you think of the 12 Apostles, first, the first major section, Peter, and then the rest of it's Paul. But 
it's really the Holy Spirit that's moving in and through and moving Paul and Peter and their companions as they go about the great work of mission going to the ends of the earth. It's the Holy Spirit when it's the Holy Spirit that comes down upon you, then you will be my witnesses, right? But moving into the early church, and you see in great spiritual writers that you have the Holy Spirit communicating to us, the believers, the faithful, through the gifts of the Spirit. It's through the gifts of the Holy Spirit given to us in baptism and in confirmation that are those places of contact, that are those intimate places in our hearts, in our lives, where we come to know what it is the Holy Spirit is doing. So uh, I still haven't prayed. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to talk about the life of prayer and associate it with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and in doing this, here's my goal. My goal is to encourage you to pray for the stirring and the flame of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and these particular gifts of the Spirit that you would grow in your life of prayer and therefore grow in your spiritual life, meaning growing in your intimate, profound, personal, life-giving union with the Holy Spirit and thereby have a greater sense of expectant faith that the Holy Spirit's going to live in you and move in you and prompt you and even move through you in your day-to-day life. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that amazing? That's what our life of faith is about, that the Holy Spirit is going to move in and through you. And you can have a matured sense of what the Lord is doing as you mature in the exercising and the utilization of these gifts of the Spirit, given to all the faithful, given to all the faithful, okay? So let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' holy name, I thank you and I praise you for who you are and all that you've done for us. And I thank you for lavishing upon us, together with the Son, the gift of your Holy Spirit. And I pray and I beg and I plead and I humble myself before you, Father, in Jesus' name. And I ask that your Holy Spirit would anoint me to speak well of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and of the life of prayer. For I'm nothing without you. I can do nothing well. I yield, I submit, I surrender all that I am, all that I have, and this time that is mine right now into your hands. Lord, please shape and mold it and use it for your glory. Please, Lord, gently wash away from my lips and my mind lines of thinking that are not from you, that won't honor and glorify you, that won't help advance the life of the Spirit in those who are listening. And I beg you, Lord Jesus, to take me by the hand and to give me an even a beautifully anointed sense of where the Holy Spirit is leading me in this program, and that I yield, I say yes in advance, to whatever it is you'd have me say and share. Holy Spirit, move me. Please, I yield to you. Mother Mary, spouse of the Holy Spirit, I place myself freely, completely, and forever into your most immaculate heart. Please receive me, Mother Mary, and please receive my wife and my children, all that I am, all that I are, all that I have, all that I love, into your most immaculate heart. And I, I hide there in the mantle of your motherly care and your motherly intercession. Intercede for me now and for all of those who are listening. Mother Mary, please intercede for us so that we would grow 
in that intimate, personal, profound, life-giving relationship with your spouse, the Holy Spirit. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, today and this week, uh, I am Mr. Mom. Carrie is on a trip to Yellowstone National Park with my son John Mark as part of his junior class. They take this trip. It's a science trip where they get to see the glory of God manifest in the beauties of nature, and they do other other kinds of explorations and experiments and things like that. Uh, beautiful. It's a beautiful trip. It, it's a great way to bind together that class. They also the freshmen go, so it's a it's a beautiful thing that that the school that they're at is able to do to bring together uh, parents and kids and kids between two different classes as they're launching into the school year. Well, what that also means is that I am flying solo and taking care of the only four kiddos that are left behind here and trying to juggle the different things that is going on. And so uh, one of the things going on is that last night, uh, you're hearing this on Wednesday morning, Tuesday night, uh, I haven't recorded this uh, before this has happened, but we're having uh, the last session of our summer prayer meeting. And so just this gathering of folks that have um, found their way over here. They made the decision, found their way. No, they discerned and decided and ended up here for the most part. That That's a lot of the folks. And then other folks have found out about this. And 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 it was like, you know, Lord, we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to just come together and we're going to pray and we're going to seek to uh, grow in faith together. And we're going to praise you. And we're going to seek after a deeper release of your Holy Spirit given to us in baptism and confirmation. And uh, last night uh, it was a, a night of testimonies and sharing what happened for last week was when we prayed together for a deeper release of the Holy Spirit. And it was beautiful. It was profound. Uh, you heard a couple of stories about it. I'm going to hear some testimonies now. And just to see the way that the, the Holy Spirit is stirring into flame the gifts and graces that he has already lavished upon us in our baptism and confirmation. And I got to tell you, um, I have prayed for that deeper release of the Holy Spirit f- for 39 years, and I, I still do. There's more. There's, there's more. God is, is ever new. God is, the Holy Spirit is infinite. So there's always more of an unfolding of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And, and I've seen it in my own life, even in this last week. And for me, that's so exciting, right? It's like, um, you don't have to think, oh, I've done this for so long. There's nothing new for me. There's nothing more. No, the Lord is about a new work in my life. And I'm very excited about that. And I'm, I'm ready. Let's go, Lord. Bring it on. All right, I'm up against a break. When we come back, I'm going to dive into the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit given to us in baptism and link them to different aspects of a daily prayer life. Back in a minute with the program. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, 
I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. Yeah, so you just heard the sponsor. So I'm a sponsor of my own program. So my real estate work is a sponsor for my church ministry work. How about that? Uh, If I can be a blessing to you as you're trying to discern right now, do we stay put? What do we do? In fact, a lot of folks at this point are feeling like I missed the moment. Uh, The school year has started. Really, it's it's not time for me to even be able to move. Uh, Or... Uh, you know what? I'm not in a position to move. I don't want to sell. I actually like the loan that I'm in. Um, one of the things that uh, I've been able to help folks understand is depending on how they want to access their equity in their home, they can potentially grow their own real estate wealth by um, purchasing a rental property, which is a, a big deal. And that's I'm not giving any financial advice, but I know it's something that um, I, that Carrie and I discerned 25 years ago. And uh, it's, it's been a, a wonderful way for us to uh, build a future for our family. So if I can be a blessing to you, you can go to drtomcurran.com and you can reach out to me there, drtomcurran.com. So, but that's, this is leading me into the, the theme of the program, which is discernment and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the life of prayer. Uh, you don't want to make big decisions apart from and outside of God's grace, uh, apart from and outside of what the Lord has um, as his purpose and plan for our lives. Now, one of the beautiful things to hold on to is that the Lord works with us no matter what. Okay, so um, when we choose to do something that is apart from his will, he moves in redemptive ways. He moves to redeem us right? Uh, do you know what I mean by that? We can get so bound up if we think, oh, if I'm not doing everything perfectly in accord with God's plan, uh, then I'm, I'm going to be not doing his will and I'll be sinning. And, and people get paralyzed. They just get paralyzed. But that's not how God operates. God is a God of freedom and peace and joy. And he, he wants us to have confidence that he's got us. And that when we're seeking him, and this is St. Alphonsus de Liguori, if you are seeking the Lord in prayer and you are serious about that effort to seek out his will for your life, he won't let you be deceived in the major decisions of your life. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, St. Alphonsus de Liguori. In the major decisions of life, if you are sincerely, earnestly pursuing the Lord in a life of prayer, he will not let you be deceived. I think that's very powerful. And here's the thing. When we do make decisions that end up being things that turn out badly, the Lord redeems them. He says, watch what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, he, he has so beautifully turned moments of shame, brokenness, embarrassment, decisions that ended up being like wrong or wrong-headed, the Lord comes in and says, I'm going to bless you with the gift of humility. 
I'm going to bless you with the gift of showing you my mercy, how how much I can descend. He is the condescension of God, is that God descends from the heavens, reaches to the lowest place. And when we become those good Samaritans, when we travel down a road where we end up getting beat up and left on the side and, and there's no one to reach out to us, no, the Lord is saying, I'm going to reach out to you and I'm going to minister to you precisely at that place where you're broken. And I think there are some people who are listening to this program who need to hear that. You might feel like you're the one that has been beaten up by life, or maybe a decision you took to go down a certain road has left you wounded and beaten and on the side of the road and just at a loss. And you're like, there are none to reach out to me. They walk on by. That that those that were I would have expected to care for me have walked on by. And the Lord is saying, I'm the good Samaritan. I'm seeking you out. And I see you. I know what you're going through. And I'm coming to minister to you with purposes to restore you, with purposes to redeem your situation. I will grant you a new beginning. I'll grant you a fresh start. I will lift you on your feet. I'll bring you from a place of passion and death and burial to a place of resurrection and new life. You will become a sign and a wonder. That's a word of the Lord for you. That's a word of the Lord for you. That's our faith. That's the gospel. The gospel is that we who have been created by God is good. We've experienced the fall, not only being born into a fallen world, but falling ourselves and being the victim of others' sins as well. And through the combination of those types of darkness in our lives, we find ourselves in a place that is broken and at a loss. And then Jesus comes and is born into the midst of us, born into a stable, into those broken conditions. And he says, I am with you and I've gone below all that you could have imagined. I've gone to a place of deeper darkness that is yours, deeper bondage that is yours. You have committed a sin. I have become sin. I who knew no sin have become sin. You who were born in order to live is going to be rescued by I who was born in order to be able to die so that you might live. That's Jesus. That's the Lord. And so allow him to come close to you in your passion, in the crosses that you carry, in your scourging, in your uh, the crowning of thorns that leaves you in excruciating agony. That, no, this is the Lord of new beginnings and fresh starts who makes all things new. And if you're carrying these heavy crosses and you're falling and you feel like there's no way out, there's only death in front of me. Jesus says, I've conquered death. I've already died your death. I know the suffering that is yours. I'm with you in the middle of it. You're not alone. And I know somebody, some of you, the, the pain that you experience is the pain of being alone, the suffering of being alone. And the hardest thing sometimes to access is a sense of communion when you're experiencing isolation, a sense of experiencing connection when you feel so disconnected, a sense of being in the presence of another when you find yourself cut off from any human presence. Lord Jesus, I pray for those dear ones, those dear ones right now who are alone when, as they hear my voice. And join me, brothers and sisters, if you are knowing the glory of God and the joy of the Lord, and you have a fellowship and faith in family, and, and you are experiencing a richness, pray for these dear brothers and sisters of ours who are hearing this program on the radio right now or on the podcast later. Lord, we pray for these dear ones. We pray for them that they would be ministered to in the place of their loneliness, their isolation, they're being cut off. They feel sad. They feel down, weighed down, cut off, 
consumed by the condition they're in, anxious, nervous about what today and tomorrow holds, or just trying to get through the next hour, the next few minutes. Lord Jesus, be for them right now a ministering presence, a good shepherd who seeks out the sheep who are lost, alone, and afraid. Jesus, speak in their hearts in a way that they will know that they are not alone. Lord, speak to them in a way that they would know that they are not alone. What's coming to mind is a woman I prayed with over Zoom a few times. Uh, She uh, lived in Texas, and she was someone that connected into my uh, Facebook rosaries a year ago. And uh, she revealed in these Facebook rosaries that she had cancer and it was advancing and how her husband was afraid and and she had two boys and and she just was at a loss. She was trying with all her might to trust in the Lord, but just could not figure out what God was doing as she was, her health was diminishing. And I had the blessing, the privilege of being allowed to draw near to her in her condition over Zoom to be able to pray with her on several occasions, to pray prayers that would be the fulfillment of what I had just shared with you, that, Lord Jesus, your plan is a mysterious one, but your plan always involves being with us, with your presence and your power. And in these times that we had together over Zoom, they were times of of prayer. A little bit of sharing, but mostly they were times of prayer, praying together so that she would, even through the the mystery of technological connections, she would come into living contact with the living Lord. That the Lord who was with her, sometimes it took the two and three gathered together, it was the two of us gathered, that became a uh, an encouraging source. It became the, the funnel, the door uh, that the Lord was using to stir her faith in new ways, to bring her light and peace, to give her that sense of God's power, even in the midst of her own condition. And praying with her a few times, she did end up uh, dying. But in dying, she came through the end of her cancer, to experience the peace of new life with the Lord in heaven. And I have no idea why she came back to mind to me, but she came to mind as I was praying for those who, those of you who are listening today, right now, who are feeling lost and alone. And she popped into my mind and it was just sense of the sense of the, of, of she's not alone. She's experiencing the fullness of life in heaven. She was a faith, she was a faithful Catholic, practicing Catholic, and connecting to the priests in her area, able to receive the sacraments, but able as well to minister to her husband and her sons in the time that she had. She took courage and encouragement from the prayer, from the rosaries that she was able to join in with and then in the uh, in the prayer times that we had and then in the friends who also would join in the rosaries to be able to bring them to her when she was diminishing and becoming weaker 
This is the gift that the Lord gives to you, brothers and sisters. When you're strong in faith and experiencing a flourishing in your in your own life and in your spiritual life, that the Lord, from the fullness he's given you, is going to open up doors for you to pour out. It's opening up doors for you to, to give of yourself, your time, your energy, your prayer. He will stir the gift of being an intercessor. He'll stir it. The intercessor is the one who goes before the Lord on behalf of someone else. Goes before the Lord on behalf of someone else. You're not praying for yourself. That's a petitionary prayer. You're going on behalf of someone else. That's an intercessory prayer. You're praying a prayer of intercession for them. And and it's the Lord who's saying, look, I've granted you these gifts. These gifts of prayer, they're given to you, and yes, they're for you. You're blessed by them. You benefit from them. But they are also for the sake of others. They're for the sake of others, not only for you. And so put yourself at the service of the Lord. And maybe in a surprising way, right now, in the, in the course of this program, just several minutes ago, as I was leading that prayer, something stirred in you. You see, early in the program, I was talking about stirring, and I acted on it and, and described it. Maybe as I was praying, something stirred in you, someone. The Holy Spirit stirred in you. And maybe that stirring was, oh, he's praying for me. He's praying for me. So the stirring was the Lord saying, I I have not left you orphaned. You're not alone. I'm using this prayer to bless you, to give you that sense of confidence that I'm with you and I'm moving with power in your regard. And others of you might have been the other side. It might have been the side of saying, the Lord stirred in me the yes, the amen, the yeah, yes, I... I'm with you, Tom. I am praying for that person. That's the Holy Spirit stirring in you. And the Holy Spirit saying, let's exercise spiritually these gifts I've given to you, including gifts of praying with others, praying for others. So, again, I'm... I'm kind of rolling with the Lord here. I, I barely reached the first point in my program. But I guess the point of my program is, Lord, whatever you want. Before every program, Lord, whatever you want. This is your hour. This is your time. Please, whatever you want to have happen, amen, let's go. Whatever you want, Lord. So today, my intention has been to talk about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and relate them to moments in our day and traditional forms of prayer that you'll find in our Catholic faith, in our Catholic history. So, for instance, the first gift... Actually, you know what? I'm coming up against a break. Let me take a break. When we come back, I am really, really, really... I'm going to start talking about the gift of wisdom, and I'm going to connect it to the morning offering. Then I'm going to talk about the gifts of understanding, knowledge, and counsel and talk about personal prayer time. So there, I said it out loud, so now I have to do it. Then I'll talk about gifts of piety and courage and fear of the Lord as well, and connect them to moments in our daily spiritual lives. And how you're going to pray for the gift of the Spirit to be stirred into flame. Gifts of the Spirit to be stirred into flame. These seven gifts, that they, they're already in there. They already are in you, that they would operate 
and with greater maturity, with, with a greater uh, uh, ease, with, with a greater fluidity, the Holy Spirit moving in you through the gifts of His Spirit. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. Okay, there we go. Gifts of the Spirit connected to daily prayer time. If we're going to grow in the gift of the Holy Spirit, prompting us and moving us day to day in the activities of our day, we have to develop a prayer life, a rich prayer life. Don't settle for five minutes. If someone's, if you hear a talk saying, just give five minutes a day, give 10 minutes a day. I know Father Nagel says at least 20 minutes a day. Come on, guys. Up your game. Let's go. We got one life to live. One life to live. We can easily, if we, if it's important enough, if it's important enough, easily give 20 minutes, if not a half an hour, if not an hour, broken up over the course of your day. You can do this. It's not a matter of, can we do it? We spend at least an hour a day eating, right? Fair enough. Uh, we can give the Lord meaningful time. I don't want to tell you how much time, meaningful time. So one of the ways that the church talks about nurturing this relationship with the Lord and His Holy Spirit in our hearts through a life of prayer is through certain prayer forms that are part of our tradition. The first is the morning offering. I'm going to connect that to the gift of wisdom. What is the gift of wisdom? The gift of wisdom is that gift of the Holy Spirit by which we have a sense of God, a sense of His presence, and in particular, in the situations that are unfolding in our lives, we can sense the finger of God at work guiding the events that are unfolding in our lives in a way that they will find their fulfillment, their end, their goal in God. Wisdom is that gift by which we sense God's action, God's action bringing about fulfillment, redemption in the things that are happening in our lives. Wouldn't you love to be able to sense God at work in the unfolding events and circumstances and situations in your life, especially the ones that are quite puzzling, they don't go easily, they don't go well, and it's like, Lord, where are you? There it is. Where are you? We need wisdom. Lord, what's happening? We need wisdom. Lord, what's going to happen here? We need wisdom. Lord, how is this all going to turn out? We need wisdom. Wisdom answers all of those questions. Now, boy, don't you wish you had more wisdom? Well, guess what? The Lord has already granted you the gift of wisdom. It already lives within you. It was given to you at baptism. You don't have to guess. It was increased in confirmation. You don't have to wonder. These were gifts that were promised and were communicated. But now we pray that they get stirred into flame. St. Paul says to Timothy, I pray that the gifts of the Spirit that were granted at the laying on of hands, so think of our baptism and confirmation, that those gifts would be stirred into flame, right? Fire of the Holy Spirit, so that they'd be operative. And so how do we grow in the gift of wisdom? How do we exercise that gift of wisdom? Morning offering is a beautiful way to act in accord with wisdom. You've heard me talk about the morning offering before and sound insight. And there are lots of prayers that are morning offering prayers. 
You can think of the invitatory psalm of the liturgy of the hours as a as a wonderful example of a morning offering. In addition to traditional prayer books have morning offerings. But you can trace out three strands. This was taught to me by my spiritual director, Holy Priest of God, Father Mark Noonan, philosophy professor, uh, spiritual director at the seminary, amazing holy priest of God. He said that there are three strands or themes that are part of a morning, morning offering. The first is the simple statement, God, you are God, and I am not. God, you are God, and I am not. The second is, this is my heart's desire, Lord. Lord, this is my heart's desire. You're emptying your heart out to the Lord. And the third is, shepherd me, Lord, and I will follow. Shepherd me, Lord, and I will follow. You want to grow in wisdom? You grow in wisdom by recognizing that you're not God. God is God. And if you sense that God is present in all the uh, all that he's created, all the, the events of your day, and he's, he's present within you, then you will be pouring your heart out to the Lord. You'll be seeking him, asking, seeking, knocking. You'll be giving your life. You'll be entrusting to the Father, Abba, Father, all those things that that are in your heart as your deepest desires and as your longings and needs. And guess what? As you do that, you're emptying out your heart. You're getting your stuff out of the way and the Lord can enter in and he can grant you a greater sense of his presence in the midst of everything you're facing. And then when you cry out, shepherd me, Lord, and I'll follow, you're going to become more aware you have a greater consciousness of the shepherding care of the Lord, guess what? In the situations and the events and the happenings of your day and of your life. That is an incredible prayer to growing in wisdom. You want to grow in wisdom? Take up a morning offering and you'll grow in wisdom. Lord, increase wisdom in us, please. What about the gifts of understanding, knowledge, and prudence or counsel? So understanding is that gift by which we become illuminated by God's grace to understand divine truths, the truths of our faith, the truth of God. Do you want to grow in your understanding of what the church teaches? Do you want to grow in your understanding of who God is and what God is doing in our lives? That's the gift of understanding. It already exists in you. Again, granted in baptism, lavished and increased in confirmation. But so often, they've remained dormant, they've remained unaccessed or underutilized. We can exercise the gift of understanding and the Holy Spirit will grant us by His grace and enlightenment into His truth, the truth of who He is and the truths of our faith. How does that show up in a personal prayer time? It shows up through the gift of spiritual, of what's called mental prayer. Mental prayer, spiritual reading, meditation. These are all ways that we will grow in our understanding. We make the human effort to meditate using our imagination, calling upon our memories of what we've learned, and also through spiritual reading will we read texts that will help us to meditate more with more content and with more information about what the church teaches or about a mystery of the life of Christ. Do you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord? Do you want to grow in your sense of what the Lord is doing? Well, then, yeah. Personal prayer time. In that prayer time, take some time 
to exercise the gift of understanding. Kerry right now has been spending a lot of time reading The Imitation of Christ and Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence, two, again, foundational books in the Catholic tradition of, of prayer, uh, in, well, at least from the late Middle Ages on. And so uh, I encourage you to find books that will help you exercise your intellect, your imagination, and your memory in the growth of your faith. And you'll discover the Lord enlightening you beyond what you came to on your own. This is also a great way to grow in the gift of knowledge. So gaining supernatural understanding about God in understanding is complemented by gaining supernatural insight into human affairs, the gift of knowledge. Know thyself. Do you want to come to know who you are and what the Lord is doing in the midst of your most fundamental relationships? Lord, give me knowledge. I'm looking for that gift. Women's intuition. That's the gift of knowledge, but elevated, elevating that gift of knowledge in a way that brings a supernatural level to it. What am I going to say? It already exists in you. You can pray that it be stirred into flame and you can exercise that gift to grow in the gift of knowledge. Now, when we grow in wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, what are we going to grow in our understanding of? the gift of the Holy Spirit at work within us. We'll come to a a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit through the activity of his gifts within us. And so how can you come to a deeper use of the gift of knowledge? Journaling. Journaling is a very powerful and it can become an important practice that's part of your spiritual life where you reflect on things that are happening in your life. Lord, what are you saying to me right now about myself in this prayer? Know thyself. Lord, who am I to you? What are you doing, Lord, in my life right now? Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. Lord, I I just want to understand more about my own life in you. Knowledge, the gift of knowledge. Lord, give me insight into what's going on in my family. What ought I do with regards to my, my spouse, my children? Pray for the gift of knowledge. See, the Lord has these gifts that are already there, but it's as if we've just let them for too long be on the sidelines. We haven't accessed them. And so that's why I'm so excited to be part of this prayer meeting, to help catechize, help stir, and then to pray together. We pray together and say, Lord, stir into flame these gifts you've given to us. We want to live in accord with the gift of your Spirit. Back in a minute with more of the program. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you. All right, I'm back. So uh, between that last break and this one, um, I went to the prayer meeting. (laughs) I know that sounds odd. Uh, Where I just left off was talking about the spirit of counsel. Okay, so I then ran out of time recording. So then I had to pick up kiddos and zoomed up to the prayer meeting. And this was the last meeting we we're having in these summer sessions. And so it was a chance for folks to talk about what their experience in the past week has been like, um, because we were praying together for this 
deeper release of the Holy Spirit, of the, in the gifts of the Spirit given to us in baptism and confirmation. And it was really powerful. It was very moving, very touching. Uh, and it, people were ta- giving stories about um, experiencing healings. Uh, there were uh, two or three people that stood up and talked about significant healings, physical healings, um, in their lives. Uh, one from uh, hip pain, one from eczema that has plagued them for the majority of their lives and has uh, is now in a diminished state, uh, more than they've ever seen before in their whole lives. That's really cool. Thank you, Lord. Um, but I was giving there at the prayer meeting. Oh, no, one more, one more. This one's really cool. Uh, I mentioned to you that at the very beginning of the program, I was drawn to this book, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Lady. And I felt prompted to pray a prayer from that book, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Lady. And then I said, no, no, wait a minute. Something's stopping me. Something. I'm sensing that the Lord is not going to have me pray a prayer right now, but I'll know later on what prayer to pray. And what ended up happening was I decided to take that book with me to the prayer meeting. I didn't take my Bible. I took my notebook where I had my notes in in it that I was going to be talking from. And then when I got up to the uh, prayer meeting, parked the car, I, I left my notebook in the car, and the only thing I took into the prayer meeting with me was this book, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Lady. And the funny thing is, is that I didn't have a clear purpose for bringing the book, meaning um, that I knew I was going to be praying from that book during the prayer meeting. Um, I did want to like point to it as a, uh, as a reference, um, but that was it. I just felt like I should bring this book. So I get into the prayer meeting early, and a woman greets me. And she says, Tom, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Do you have a couple of minutes? I said, sure. Yeah, I've got a few minutes before the prayer meeting starts. And she started to share with me a bit about, um, you know, the way that we uh, pray here in this prayer meeting. Can you help me understand um, some of these distinctions, the difference between praying with people and praying over them. And so I talked about how we're not praying over people at the prayer meeting, that that, that's a, that is a gesture that is associated with um, liturgical prayer and associated with the office of the priesthood. And so the idea of laying hands on uh, as a sign of, of uh, impartation or ministering is not something that should be done in uh, typical uh, lay-led prayer meetings. Um, it's it's a it's a gesture associated with the priesthood. Now, um, uh, and she said, you know, what about what about the idea of the realm of the demonic? And she said, I've got this book. I wonder if you might you know benefit from this book. And she took out the book, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity. <laughs> And and she says, here's this book. And I said, ta-da. And I lifted mine up and I said, here you go. You mean this one? <laughs> and it was, I think it, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful confirmation in, in two ways. It was a beautiful confirmation to her 
that I was somebody that um, I'd been around the block. I'd been involved in the renewal for 40 years and had a familiarity with the concept of praying with people and understanding deliverance prayers and different roles and all of that. And it gave her um, a sense of peace and confidence that said, okay, I, I, I understand. I, I'm under, um, this is really helpful. And, and for me, it was a beautiful confirmation of following my best sense about um, bringing that book to the prayer meeting, that this was something that maybe I didn't even understand why, but it was an important thing for me to do. And so uh, it was it was a really neat thing because I ended up having a chance to uh, share that little testimony with the folks at the prayer meeting, how this book was something that was on my uh, desktop when I was starting the radio program and how I got drawn to it, how I said, I'm not going to pray from it now. I'm not supposed to be praying from it right now. And then ended up bringing it to the prayer meeting, et cetera. And I'm like, look at this. This is the Lord. So now it's in this moment of the program where I'm going to pray a prayer uh, drawn from this book, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Lady. So uh, I, I want to do that. I want to make sure I do that before I run out of time. Unfortunately, I'm not going to have enough time to cover the remainder of what I intended to talk about, but I, I ended that last section <laughs> with the idea that the gifts of the Spirit are meant to be associated with the uh, important work of uh, growing in our spiritual lives, growing in our life of prayer. Um, but I want to pray this prayer of command. Um, it again, these are prayers that are um, these are approved for use by the laity. So it's a prayer that you can feel comfortable joining in and praying. And I'm going to pray it in the form of I and we, I and we. So you can join in that prayer. Uh, together with me, if you feel comfortable. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In his name, and by the power of his cross and blood, I ask, and we ask Jesus, to bind any, any evil spirits, forces, and powers of the earth, air, fire, or water, of the netherworld, and the satanic forces of nature. By the power of the Holy Spirit, and by his authority, I ask, and we ask Jesus Christ to break any curses, hexes, or spells and send them back to where they came from, if it be his holy will. I beseech and we beseech thee, Lord Jesus, to protect us by pouring thy precious blood on us and upon our families, our vocations, our missions, our residences, our vehicles, our possessions, our finances, our jobs, our positions, our schools, our children, each and all, which thou hast shed for us. And I ask and we ask thee to command that any departing spirits leave quietly without disturbance and go straight to the cross, straight to thy cross, to dispose of as thou seest fit. I ask and we ask thee to bind any demonic interaction, interplay, or communications. And I place and we place ourselves, our spouses, our children, their spouses, our grandchildren, and their spouses, 
our family members, our parents, and all of our belongings, all of our homes, our residences, our vocations and our missions, our finances, our vehicles, under the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ, which he shed for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's called a prayer of command. It's uh, one of the very first prayers in this uh, book of prayers called Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity. Um, you can pick it up on, um, on your typical online locations if you just uh, type that in. Um, so I mentioned that at the beginning of the program that I'm having some guests come on um, the remainder of this week and for several days next week. And so uh, on Friday, I'm going to have on um, a man named Stephen Arms. Uh, Stephen, along with his dad, David, wrote a book about helping young men make a rite of passage, basically equipping dads to take their sons out of their ordinary environment, taking them away, and um, together with some other men, um, helping these boys to, uh, to, to experience a, uh, a, a step where they would move from being children to being men to being a boy, to being a man. And uh, they wrote a book about it. They wrote a book about this experience that Stephen's dad had um, designed, um, not by himself, but with some other influences, and uh, something that he implemented for his four sons, Stephen, one of them, as well as with um, his some of his nephews. And now uh, it's something that Stephen is doing as well. And so it... Uh, I'm very excited to hear what they have to say about um, how this ritual can be part of turning a boy into a man, helping a young young man um, begin to identify as a man and to be able to stand up to that call to be a godly man. It's a big deal in, in my mind to find ways to do that. So that's on Friday. Uh, well, I'm up against the end of my the time that I have. Uh, join me tomorrow for more Sun Insight. God bless.